morning. Yes. Recording this on Wednesday. It's hump day for me. But you're going to hear this podcast Thursday. Pot a day, pot a day. Kind of exciting, actually. Kind of fun. Um, <laughs> I, I promised, and I'm going to do it again, Manitoba, the second annual Manitoba Podcast Festival is at Park Third Park Theater on Osborne, September 29th. I'm going to be there. There's a whole bunch of other people there. Um, you know, one guy who gets overlooked a little bit, I think with that whole thing, um, Beaver does movies. You guys should check out his show. You can follow him at Beaver Does Movies. Look him up, Beaver Does Movies. Do any kind of search, you're going to find this guy. He's got a very unique uh, film uh, film show that he does where he kind of reviews kind of the, the more interesting films out there. Um, I met James at the podcast festival last year and had a great chat with him. And, uh, you know, we've... Uh, seen each other at a few of the post um, festival uh, meetings good guy uh, really good show actually and um, he's got an interesting format where he's kind of bringing in kind of local celebrities I guess or persons of interest manageable persons of interest on the show to review stuff and it you know, I really, um, great format of the show. Great show. Go check it out. There's my plug for Genius Beaver and his Beaver Does Movies. Um, and, uh, he's been a friend of, you know, Sam's in, in the gang for, for a while too. So, um, I think he does good work. So go check it out. Anyway, besides that, what are we going to talk about today? Other than the Manitoba Podcast Festival, which I hope you all make it out to. Um, I am in the process of speaking with somebody to get my shirts made. Taking the plunge. We're going to have some swag. Um, I am going to go with the Devine Shirt Company. Uh, You can check them out uh, all over here on Instagram and Facebook and all those places. Um, I'm going to be honest. The reason I went with him and his company, Scott Devine, just a nice freaking guy. It's dad. Great dude. I mean, that's why I'm going with him. But, um, I mean, I've seen his t-shirts in the scene. Uh, a, a lot of the bands, uh, some of the bands that I've played with, uh, go through him you know, he's been around for a little while. He seems to really like the scene. Every Everything clicked for me, even if the quality was maybe less than some of the other guys out there. I probably would have went with him anyway, but the quality of his stuff is actually good. Um, uh, so anyway, going to get some swag done up. Very excited for that. Um, also looking at other things to, to do up terms of uh, swag and stuff to uh, stuff to sell but I basically want to get my ugly mug out there now that's a teaser to another thing that's coming but anyway 
Um, what's going on this weekend? I have a very special in-studio podcast session happening. Uh, it's been too long. It's been too long. I'm excited to do a new one. I love these in-studio sessions. If only to hear uh, Todd Geek or Fast Fingers, as you know him, as you know him, uh, say the word desire. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome to be in the studio. This is the studio where uh, our band Dome, the now defunct Dome, uh, recorded uh, the album. The drums were tracked at Alex's place and recorded there. But uh, all the mixing, all the mastering was done by none other than Todd Geek himself. Um, you guys should go check the album out. I'm very proud of what uh, we did as Dome. Uh, the songs we wrote together. Uh, the history of the band. Uh, everything we got accomplished in our short time together. I, I've actually gone back. Oh, so anyway, let's let's let's, let's stay on let's stay on track. We have a very special guest for Sunday. Um, I'm just ecstatic. I've wanted to get this guy on the show for a while. I'm not going to spoil it uh, until after, but uh, definitely one of my favorite people. How's that for a teaser? Um, anyway, so that's this Sunday. Uh, not sure about the release of this episode on Sunday. It all depends on how it goes. The last one we had to do some really, really funky editing, um, to get it going. Actually, the last two were challenging in the editing, editing room, but I still got them done. Uh, this Sunday, I've sent out requests to everybody in the and their dog, and their cat, and their gerbil to come out to the podcast festival. Um, I'm going to call some of those people up right now. Right now. Right now. Um, one, one of my favorite podcasts, probably a pr- top five for me, it's primarily critical, uh, local podcast again. Steve McGeek, I think he calls himself, um, got a long, interesting history with this guy. Um, we, he's a guy that I tried to hook up with in creatively or gamingly, uh, multiple times and it never quite panned out. He had, when I met him, I think he just had his kids and now I've just had mine. Um, I, there is another show like Beaver does movies is a great show. This is another, this is another one. Um, anyway, I'm hoping Steve and his crew or some of his crew can make it out to the podcast festival. Actually, I haven't seen Steve in person in, I don't know, 10 years, maybe or something ridiculous like that. It's been a while. Um, Steve probably doesn't remember this. so I'm going to embarrass the heck out of him. But uh, he came over to my house when I lived in the West End, and uh, we jammed in my garage, I think is what it was. Yeah, 
Do you remember that, Steve? Huh? Anyway. Um, anyway, go check your show out. They review movies. Um, it's a, it's like a book club for movies. Uh, there's him and his co-hosts. We're all better, very entertaining. They're very high energy. Uh, very humorous. Um, the chemistry of that team uh, really makes that show shine. Um, so I hope you come out. Uh, who else do I want to come out? GMB Chamachuk, who I think is probably likely going to be out of town, but uh, he's got a super pulp podcast uh, where he and some other creators talk about the creative process. Uh, not so much the blog, it's the creative process, the marketing aspect of your work, that sort of stuff. Uh, I've known Greg for a while. Again, he's one of those people I just know. Um, his output is incredibly impressive. Um, I think out of anyone, out of anyone in the scene that I'm aware of, like, let's, let's be honest, I'm a dad. I don't get out much. I don't get a chance to talk to all the people I'd love to talk to. I am a social butterfly. But uh, my home base is where I is where I lay my feet, and I don't go out as often as I could go out. But then again, what do you do when your best friend's at home? You want to spend time with her, don't you? And my two kids are awesome. So, but anyway, um, Greg and I have been aware of each other for a long time, all the way back to this little web series uh, called The Dark which I have two episodes of. I don't think that film ever completed, but Greg was brought on, I think, as an art art direction, that sort of thing. I'm wondering if Greg has a copy of uh, those dark episodes as well. And if not, I will gladly share them with you, sir. Um, anyway, Greg's been kind of one of my... Uh, unknowingly, I think. Uh, I don't think he knew, he knew but... Um, He's one of my uh, spirit animals. <laughs> Is that the right term? Uh, he's one of those creative guys out there that's doing their thing, um, going to the beat of their own drum and doing their creative process, putting out their output the way that they want to. He's definitely one of those spirit animals for sure. Um, and he's a guy I go to, I look to as an example. It's the same thing when I became a dad. There's a, a certain number of dads that I look up to. It's like, I want to be just like that. Um, and dads that, you know, go to the beat of their own drum, don't follow societal norms, and uh, as such become the best dads that I know. <laughs> yes, that's right, Todd Geek. You are one of those guys. Probably my number one uh, guy that I look to as that's the dad I want to be. Hopefully, I am a tenth of the dad you are. And if I'm the tenth of the dad you are, then I think I'm doing pretty damn good. Anyway, Greg, definitely one of those guys, one of those great guys. Uh, not only is he a good guy, but he also helps people in the community. I, I see so many times that he's just offering advice. Um, you know, a guiding hand to these people. And that's the true mark of an artist to me is people that reach out and help others. Um, your art's important, but it's also important to move 
forward the art of other people in your community. And man, he's, he's a master, a master at it. Um, but yeah, that little film series, The Dark, um, I think had things been different, I would have found a way to get myself involved in that project. But uh, the true story to The Dark back then was... I think the timing was I was also involved in the Evil Within movie project, or if it was post-Evil Within. Post-Evil Within was when my um, my old life was falling apart. Uh, well well before Silver Moon Salon, or Silverachi, as we like to call her, came into my life. And um, being involved in anything for any length of time would have been incredibly difficult. Wow, this guy's going 80 and 100, and I can't get around because everyone's passing on the right. Very, very strange. Yes, I record this on the road. Did you know? Um, yeah, so uh, that little film was really cool. It was very interesting. Um, it had Ward Masner in it. I'm calling you out, Ward. It'd be great if you came down on the 29th to the podcast festival. Ward, I met on the Evil Within, and um, I'm going to say it's safe to say, but it's, it's beyond safe to say, we all fell in love with Ward Masner, a uh, great human being, the reason that movie got filmed, stayed on schedule, all the good things that forced, I guess production-wise, in terms of it happening, things moving forward, making sure actors showed up on time, um, making sure that we were following, uh, you know, following the schedule. I mean, he was the guy that made all that happen for all of us. Uh, I know it's not very macho to love another man, but I love this man. This guy is, this guy's the best. He is one of the best human beings one of the best motivators I've ever met. I still, he's like, like Greg, one of those guys that I remember the example he set and I try to follow it every day. I probably got about five of those people that I follow. I should probably share that list at some point, but they're the ones that keep me off of the, off the, off the brink of the darkness, but also keep me going forward. And, um, living my best life that I can. But Ward was amazing uh, on Evil Within. And then when he was followed up and did the dark, I mean, he's done, he's done tons of stuff. He was in a Guy Madden film. Uh, he was in a film with Robin Williams. I mean, this guy, this guy's great. Just so uber, truly professional, a lovely man. Um, I'm proud to say that I, I had a chance to work with him. Um, but yeah, just, just a great dude. Great dude. Alright. I'm gonna keep these, uh, short, shortish. Well, it's pot today. Whatever. Whatever. I'm gonna go on. They probably still have five minutes on that work. So, the other thing is, I was, I was mentioning the studio that we're going into this Sunday to record that very special podcast. Um, is that's where all the mastering happened for the dome album. 
the dome experience was something else. It was a roller coaster. It, there was highs. There was so many highs. The lows were manageable. Um, anyone that's talked to me off air knows the story of everything there and my personal thoughts about the rise and the end because there never was a fall. There was just a rise and it was an end. Um, but I will say I've been, I took a listen again to the, to the CD and very proud of what we did in Dome because we, when Alex and I set out, because we were, I wasn't the original I wasn't an original. I was the first singer. But I wasn't the original guy in the band. It was Alex and these two other... Two other buffoons. <laughs> uh, one of which is Mike, who's now in Awaiting the Answer. And, uh... Anyway. Um, but when I joined up with those three, it wasn't... I don't think it was the vision that Alex wanted. I think it was close um, but it was close, but not exactly the vision he wanted. He had a very specific vision. When I came into the band, we talked about it quite a bit. Um, the vision that he had lined up 100% with the vision I had. Um, one of my dreams, or not dreams, it sounds kind of corny, but I had wanted to be in an all-original band, um, for always, and I, I mean, I've been in them, but the vision I had for the band that I wanted to be in was exactly what fit in with Alex's vision of what he wanted in a band. So to say that I've, you know, Dome was definitely not my first band, but it was the first band where we had a, a set plan, uh, multiple steps of a set plan, and we carry through on all of them. Not that the other bands didn't have set plans, but this is this followed all the steps that I wanted to follow as a band. There's a few more steps I did want to do that we never got a chance to do because of the short time we were together. But one of one of the things that I really wanted to do from a songwriting perspective, from a performance perspective, and being a front man. Uh, the vision that I had was I wanted to write songs that I myself would want to listen to. I wanted them to have a harder edge. But I also wanted them to be accessible. Because I didn't want one scene to embrace the band and to be ignored by all the other scenes or all the other styles. I wanted it to be music that transcended any one style, and I wanted it to be a bit more universal, but I wanted it to have hooks, but I also wanted to tell a story, but I wanted to tell, so lyrically speaking, I wanted to tell a story, but I wanted the songs to match the story being told in the lyrics. That's a hard thing to accomplish, and in the bands I've been in, I've gotten close, uh, there's some great songs that have I, I think they're great songs that I was able to write with other people where the, where the song matched the vocal. This was the closest to synchronicity 
between the two. Because when I write a vocal, when I write a lyric, it's always based off the feeling and the essence of what the music is doing. And in Dome, that, I, I hit it. Nailed it. So there is a story told within the album, and as I'm listening through the original story, I'm not gonna let you guys figure it out, but it was very simple. It was about one person and a situation that person was in, and the stages of his story. And it starts out with the first song. <coughs> it starts out with the first song, which is um is taking place in the present and he's describing his situation and then uh, as, as the rest of the album goes through because the sequence of songs is incredibly important uh, as the rest of the song goes through you get to find out how he got where he, where he is everything that led to where he is the trials and tribulations um, leading to the final song this is not an exit which that song is not a throw that that line is not a throwaway line in any sense um, but it was also the story it, it's the ending of the story which is kind of just the beginning if you follow those songs through if you listen through to the lyrics but better yet if you feel the tones of the song they tell that story that simple story listening through in this instance it's also a different story about a different person. And it's the story I was telling, which was autobiographical, about what I was going through at the time. Um, and I think the uh, this version of the story, which I didn't realize, when you write songs, they tend to be autobiographical, you just may not realize they are. But... Um, Redefined, I think, is the song that tells that particular story. It's the centerpiece of that particular story. If you listen to the words, I think it's fairly obvious what it's about, uh, what story is telling. But then when I listen to it again on another spin, I realized there's also a different story being told. And I think I tried to be as universal as I could with the words. Um, and some of the songs are specifically about, you know, a single person when they were written, but in retrospect, it's not that limiting who the songs are about, if that makes sense. Um, they're telling, they're telling a story about, uh, points of my life as opposed to, um, a specific period. They're actually songs about my entire life. So the autobiographical element of it is not contained to like a two-year span or a one-year span or a ten-year span. It's actually encompassing much, much more. And I don't think it's my story anymore. I think it's the story for whoever's listening to that song and listens to those songs. I think you guys should go take a listen. I, I'm very proud of what we did. The production is off the charts. Todd did a great job. But we did everything in-house on this album. No outside writers. Um, the only outside work we did is we hired a photographer to take uh, to take the uh, back photo of the band. 
uh, in the interior photo, I guess. Um, anyway, that we brought a photographer in and my wife did the, uh, actually CD design. The front co- cover photo was taken by Alex and, uh, my wife uh, spruced it up and made it really nice and added the logo and all that stuff. Um, but everything was done in-house. The recording, the mastering, the mixing, the writing, particularly the writing. Uh, generally, Alex and I, Alex wrote the music and I wrote the, the vocal and then from there, um, the putting the song together was done by all four members. I, I'm very proud of what we did. And would I change anything? No, because what we ended up with was freaking amazing. Anyway, I'm going to sign off here. Pot a day. We'll see this episode Thursday morning.